0: You are Locked On Women's Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Hello and welcome to this special episode of High Post Hoops Live and Locked On Women's Basketball. Uh, I'm your host, Howard Megdal, and I am joined by this amazing, remarkable, talented group of people. Um, we're going to go one by one and chat with everyone here about what they're working on, what they've seen, and uh, just get some general impressions about the experience so far. Um, so, place I would love to start is with Erica Ayala. Erica, hi! Hi Howard, how are you? I'm good. Um, I want to talk to you about what you saw, which is while um, there was media avail for the players, there was also a women's empowerment conversation.
2: Yes, and this seems to be a trend with uh, the WNBA to focus on uh, women's empowerment panel or inspiring women. They had a lunch; they've had a luncheon for several years. Mm-hmm. And so you saw former players, um, and then a, a Rebecca Lobo was the, the moderator there talking to fans about the importance of the WNBA beyond just the sport itself. Mm -hmm. And some of the conversations included everything from jokingly uh, Cheryl Reeve saying that she would love to find women-owned businesses in Minnesota that can help rescind her fines that she's received (laughs) for for technicals and being tossed out of the game to larger conversations about diversity and not just gender diversity, Mm -hmm. but thinking about when you have a difference of thought and opinion that you get a better product and also Cheryl Reeve and and others on the panel talking about the importance of being able to highlight the authentic voices Mm -hmm. of their players. Uh, Cheryl Reeve talked about um, an incident that Simone Augustus had in Minnesota of being racially profiled, Mm -hmm. um, but also of some of the things that back home that her community is dealing with mm-hmm. and as not just as a head coach but as another woman right the importance of being able to support Simone in whatever process she was going through but also whatever she felt was important or the team of course uh the Minnesota Lynx felt would be important as they grapple through not only the challenges that society brings but also being able to celebrate and triumph other women uh something that I really loved was um you know, Cheryl Reeve and her revisms, Can we coin that? Maybe? Sure, that seems reasonable. I'm um, sure she, so she right? wouldn't complain. She uh, revisms, There hmm? you go. Hashtag Reeve-isms. Um, She noted that not only is it important to support women for all of that, but also she, you know, threw some shade, uh, if you will, um, to the NBA commissioner for some Mm -hmm. comments that he made saying that according to, uh, I would presume data and uh, statistics that he had, that women aren't supporting the WNBA, which is something that perhaps because of some of the things I mentioned before, Reeve and other people have taken exception to. Mm-hmm. Um, but also that's an opportunity to make the support for the WNBA um, very present and prominent in all things.
1: So this has always bothered me. There are a lot of criticisms of the lead that bother me, but <laughs> <clears throat> in particular the idea that, all right, if you have, and you know, what what we do is part of what I think is a growing effort to change that but in many ways a media blackout a real limited amount of media and then so therefore men and women alike are limited in what they're receiving information about the lead being able to follow the lead the lead is on tv once a week and it's not even a dedicated night so it might be thursday it might be tuesday you, you don't even know and then women are somehow to blame for not following the lead as if men get their media from like newspapers and tv and women get their media what from like some sort of traveling pants that gives you scores like i mean it just has never made any sense to me and yet you don't have haven't
2: made their round to me yet yes and
1: (laughs) and yet somehow women are individually to blame and again it goes back to sort of this larger issue that like men fail individually but women fail collectively somehow in our popular imagination um and
2: howard first what i'll say is um at the sake, at your expense, of embarrassing you. Um, I think that's why I, at least, am very thankful for what you have done and the space you've created for all of us. Because a lot of us have met for the first time, including me meeting Blake in his home for the first time. Um, But we've had these conversations, even in the, what, 24 hours that we've all been together. And there are things that those of us who identify as women, who identify as women of color, feel that we are up against, that is an unfair um, kind of standard, or lack thereof perhaps, Mm -hmm. um, that we don't necessarily think that our our male, our white male peers experience. But even being able to have that conversation, you asking that question to me, to us, Mm -hmm. is important. In trying to figure out how to, what I would call, um, just erase the arbitrary um, rules that are set forth, Mm -hmm. um, or or the standards, the norms, and so you know, I don't know that there are any special traveling pants that us women get our news from to go back. I I will, I will. Uh, You know, I I certainly don't have them today. Um, (laughs) I'm wearing a dress, Um, so there's that. Um, maybe we should more, wear more pantsuits. <laughs> anyway, uh, I digress. Yeah. Um, did so- that come up,
1: <laughs> by the way? At the, was there any sort of acknowledgement? We're in 2018. We're in yeah. a very specific moment in time. Uh, did that come up at all at the panel? I'm just out of curiosity. Um,
2: not perhaps as as uh, sub-, sub- as much of a subtweet as I just put it, but yes, that did come up, um, talking about women in roles as coaches, as presidents of universities, Mm -hmm. as, um, you know, personalities in women's basketball and the leverage, not just the leverage, but again, just the importance of occupying that space Mm -hmm. so that there is not an erasure of first of all the history of the WNBA but certainly not of the women who pioneered the league and did it with a lot less than the, the women are given now right. so first of all bringing them back into the fold and giving them quite frankly jobs mm-hmm. um, but then that exposure and, and how there is a way to you know as they say the, the rising tide lifts all boats mm-hmm. and that was another conversation and thinking certainly to do that for women mm-hmm. but when women or anyone empowers women or or girls and women, then we are helping our community.
1: And and, and you know, to that end I think the Lynch succeeding, the Lynch growing and developing the way they have over this last decade, more or less, has I think made an impact on other teams to be able to see and be able to understand here is a way to be able to succeed. And I actually want to, I want to go to Mike on this. Um, you know, Mike Patton, of course, who uh, is part of our team coverage, uh, along with Derek James, who is graciously uh, filming uh, as well for, for, <laughs> for yeah. Hoops Live. And, uh, you know, we cover and are privileged to cover a team that, does things and has done things that we haven't seen in this league before to be successful over this long period of time. Now, I know you talked to Simone Augustus, who has been here before the beginning. And, um, you you know, I'm just curious when you see, again, four Lynch players, you know, yes, an injury replacement, just the same Rebecca Brunson playing at an elite level. You you know, what do these players think about what they have built here? And, you know, how do they sort of frame it in that long-term way?
3: Well first I want to give a shout out to Blake for that homemade queso salsa, and Ben as well, So if you want some authentic Mexican food homemade, uh, go to Blake's house party, his next one. Now I wasn't able to get to talk to Simone today, uh, but I talked to Maya and Sil and whenever you speak with them, they're always in awe about how well they've supported each other over these last few years, and of course Simone was here, Rebecca came here before the team started winning, and so did Lindsey Whalen, a perennial all-star who's not here and the way they're able to put aside egos, uh, self-interest to keep this going is remarkable. I think Cheryl Reeve discussed that at the start of the season. You know, the impact of winning a title, it's great for the team and the community, but on an individual basis, sometimes you start thinking about your own branding, and that's why some players departed after maybe winning one or two titles. Renee Montgomery comes to mind, she moved to Atlanta, Devro Peters did mm-hmm. the same thing going to Indiana after winning a couple here, but that group of four, you know, as long as they can keep this up, the group of five, I should say, with Sylvia, they don't care. They never care about who scores 30, who gets the most points. They know they're all better with each other, Mm -hmm. and that's why they've been so successful, and even last year when folks were thinking maybe this was the end of their dynasty, they found a way to make fools out of most of us and prove <laughs> ageless. I think I wrote that in game five yeah. last year, just the way they continue to defy age. And we're seeing that more often in sports mm-hmm. as a whole. Serena Williams comes to
1: mind. Yeah. You know,
3: these athletes are doing things in their 30s that a few years ago we thought, well, put a fork in it, they're done. In
1: their later 30s. I mean, you know, yeah. Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi are not just all-stars here on legacy. They are both having some of the best seasons they've had. You know, I'm, One of the things I'm working on here is a Sue Bird yeah. story. Yeah. It was amazing to me. Per synergy, defensive points per possession, Sue Bird is number one in the league defensively right now, which is an amazing thing. And so uh, I talked to Dan Hughes a little bit about that. And you know, Dan really talked about the fact that Sue made that a focus of the way in which she was uh, working even in training camp, which is just, you know, again, it goes back to what you're saying, that to have Sue Bird looking to get better at her age is just a remarkable thing. Ari, I want to turn to you because you had a really interesting conversation, I thought, uh, with Candice and with Chelsea. If you had to choose, do you think that Candice does a better Chelsea or Chelsea does a better Candice? What are your thoughts on this? I'm
0: voting... Chelsea does it better, Candice. I have not seen fingers go that way, mm-hmm. mimicking somebody in my whole life. Like, I've, I've struggled with crooked fingers, and so my friends do it, but Chelsea nailed it. Got the point in everything.
1: Let me ask you more, more seriously. You're about to uh, headline our orange carpet coverage. Absolutely. And the extent to which the culture mm-hmm. in this league is undercovered mm-hmm. in the same way that the lead is undercovered, how significant do you think that is, and how much of that change needs to take place in order for this league to ascend to where we all believe it can and should be?
0: I actually talked to Michelle Vopel at ESPN um, at great length about that today, mm-hmm. and we were talking about shedding the old image of protecting the players by hiding their identity, into mm-hmm. transforming it into a place where they should be free to be themselves. I think it's imperative, especially nowadays, because social media is becoming more prominent, and frankly the world is becoming more nosy Mm -hmm. and so they want to know everything that you do and if you have a player like I was talking to Liz Cambage for the first time in my life today Mm -hmm. and she is me is me is me so I'm gonna look at her game differently now and Mm -hmm. that matters and that a younger generation who didn't play basketball who aren't like super fans can relate to somebody who hears Drake on and wants to bust out a move in the middle of the court Mm -hmm. and that's what's gonna draw on fans that is where in the past, the WNBA has lacked um, mm-hmm. with covering their players on a personal level, and that's. I challenge everybody to try to get to know the personality, like journalists out there, to try to get mm-hmm. the person know the personality behind the player because it matters to this upcoming generation, a generation of whom has they're the first generation to have the WNBA their entire life. So I think that the, the time is now for
1: that. I mean, it's a great point, and to me, it's they're. You need both. You need the structure and you need the superstructure. You need people to know why it matters mm-hmm. what Liz Tambage has to say because you see what she is on the court and you see the 53 points and you see the ability to dominate and you also need to know and understand who she is off the court. I and think it able directly to
0: translate when, translates when you have the confidence to be yourself like that so you're going to have the confidence on the court like that yeah. I know that wasn't at all what you asked me but no. I just think that I'd rather
1: know what you have to say but that,
0: that's a thing like I see players like Liz doing better in the league because she she's not afraid to to play the game her way and it's a it's becoming a game where they're playing their way it's not like oh we have this five it's just gonna be in the paint all day it's there, there, It's transitioning to be. I do what I want now. Is that
1: a good thing? Uh, well, but but how much of that comes directly from you know? This is a league that even a couple of years ago struggled to figure out how to handle things like um, so, social justice responses yeah, from the fined, players. Getting fined, right?
0: Getting fined for wearing your we remember it all too well. out, you know, yeah. 2016 Liberty. Thank you, Tina, for being. The voice. Um, I, 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 rem-
1: I remember walking into that locker room mm-hmm. and seeing Tina and Tanisha Wright and uh, and Tamika uh for the Fever at that time made the decision mm-hmm. we were going to talk about this and only this, and they they forced the WNBA's hand, but the W embracing it in that way, Mm -hmm. it feels like there's no battling against itself. It feels like a positive direction for the league. You think it impacts the game on the court as well?
0: I do, and I think it, uh, if anything, the team chemistry is Mm -hmm. better because you know you have each other's back. You know, Brianna Stewart, she's an advocate for a lot of different things, Mm -hmm. and Black Lives Matter is one of them. So, say her black teammates will see that and be like, she has my back. I trust Mm -hmm. her with this ball. And it's a direct juxtaposition between that and and off the ground. Lindsey
1: Welland too, and Lindsey yeah. Welland after growing up in Hutchinson, Minnesota, growing yeah. up in a place that was ninety six point five percent white, growing up, but it's something that transcends and race it, in that it, way. It's
0: beyond race too. You have yeah.
1: racial identity. The, the, I should no, but no, beyond that, race. like
0: you have the pride, like the pride mm-hmm. months too. You have women who aren't don't identify as LGBT, mm-hmm. but they they will wear that. Their choice is to wear that, and mm-hmm. they'll support their teammate. Right. You know, that's, I think that's important.
1: Let's talk about Liz in particular with Jasmine Baker, who is here and has been working on a Liz story. And I guess you have had the opportunity to see her up close repeatedly. What is it that she does? <laughs> Icon. I love it. That is, for, for those who are not familiar, Liz was, uh, she was doing her nails on the, the bench. Knowledge. Filing, <laughs> sorry. Thank you. Thank you for the correction. Filing her nails. <laughs> on, that's very true. Very true. On the car. You're doing some of her nails. This is all I know. And, um, I mean, but again, she's had these iconic moments. I mean, you know, that, that's showing up everywhere on Twitter. That's showing up everywhere, where, you know, where we go. And, but on the court as well, what do you think it is that is allowing her to break through in this way? Is it that combination?
4: To be real honest with you, I think, I, and this is just one person's opinion mm-hmm. now, but growing up in America as a black woman is difficult, in, 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 in and in general growing up, like, it's, it's hard anywhere, but I think with Liz, especially being biracial, mm-hmm. her not growing up in America has allowed her to have a completely different outlook and more worldly outlook mm-hmm. than I think most African American women have in America because sometimes America really limits your worldview Mm -hmm. and so I think with her and if you follow her on Twitter I mean follow her on Instagram if you're not your life is not complete she is absolutely brilliant in her no-nonsense and very matter-of-fact and but thing about it is too you know I spoke with her earlier today and we talked about the difference between her first all-star weekend and and now and she said she came into this league as a girl Mm -hmm. and she's grown since then clearly as a woman and so, to hear that, I look forward to, uh, of course, you're going to have to, you know, check out the story on High Post tubes, you know, that feature. Shameless plug. You know, plug. Mm-hmm. You know really <laughs> quick, yes. real quick, You know, you got to check that out. But mm-hmm. I look forward to, to talking more with her about that because she's she really, the city of Dallas has truly embraced her. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to embrace a player like that when you yeah. have, especially a generation of, of, of kids growing up, and they're seeing – a lot more inclusiveness Mm -hmm. in the world and then seeing a player like that, I think it's, it's great for the league. You know, we were just talking about that earlier with Ari, it's great for the league. And, um, I just really want to quickly say that, you know, dealing, you know, we talked about like all the different, um, individuals, especially we were, I was able to hang out with so many different people with high post soups this weekend. And then even meeting your daughter, it, this really is an opportunity. It, it, she's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it really is a beautiful thing, and this is why the WBA is so important. You have so many different types of people. Uh, you know, Ari talks about why the WBA is so important all the time. It, you know, I've be, seen that. Yeah, now
1: and again, yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. Once in, right? once in a while, yeah.
4: Yeah, having all these different people from all these different backgrounds, mm-hmm. and of course, different ages and different states. This is this is truly uh, important. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, for, of course, being in my first All Star weekend. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you. And you, well, I'm so glad that you're here. And I mean, what you talked about with Liz is so significant, too. She was 19 when she came into the league, 21 when she left the league after 2013. And she's 26 now. I remember asking her that question a few weeks ago about, you know, your game. You were already at such an elite level. And she said, well, of course I got better. You know, look, I, I was I was only 21 years old at the time. So to see that she has been able to embrace that identity, I think is really significant as well. Um. Speaking of just the way players have been working off the court, Blake, you had an opportunity. This is Blake Dudonis this of course, um, ho- host of the house party and Mexican food, and um, you know you had a chance to see them at the clinic earlier today. I'm curious, first of all, you know what sort of stuck out for you? What were your impressions of it, and what do you think those clinics mean? in a large in a macro sense that they're being done in different ways from WNBA teams all over the country
5: yeah well I think it's cool because it isn't just young women right there's I don't know what the number was but I'd say it's probably 50 50 I mean it looked like to me of, of young men as well and, and it was just funny because you see them hanging on to Sylvia fouls legs as she's going you know so you know to the basket and one little kid especially was dunking through her arms mm-hmm. and It wasn't a, oh, I'm here, who cares? It was a, oh my gosh, it's the world talent, like basketball player. Mm -hmm. Notice I didn't add an adjective in front of basketball player, other than world talent, right? It's just a basketball player. And so it becomes normal. And I think that's the key is in all of this, right? The more you see it, the more normal it becomes. So it's not, oh, it's women's basketball. Like for me, we we're watching the basketball tournament, which is just a bunch of old dudes playing basketball on TV because it's basketball. Right. I saw it, and I was like, that's basketball. Yeah, I've, I've seen this. I'm gonna watch it. And so the more we put women's basketball in front of the viewers, it doesn't become, oh, it's a women's basketball game. It's, mm-hmm. oh, it's a basketball game. Cool. And then you watch and you're like, man, this game's crazy. These people are crazy talented. So. I think clinics is part of that. You you see these little boys that are four years old, five years old, they're not thinking, oh, it's a women's basketball player. They're thinking, mm-hmm. this is a basketball player. And so when they become teenagers, yeah, I used to go to Lynx games all the time. I used to go to Sparks games all the time. So I think it's usually important, and you see them embrace it. I mean, Sue Bird was there too. Mm-hmm. Jewel Lloyd was there. Christy Tolliver. And, you know, all of them, you know, maybe their comfort level is different. You know, Christy Tolliver is not someone who loves being on the limelight, but right. you still see her encouraging players and, uh, I think it's absolutely huge in the development of the game.
1: I think I, I remember having a conversation with someone in 2006 who made uh, the argument that Barack Obama couldn't get elected president because what you know it was a name that wouldn't appeal to mainstream America. Mm. And and my counter argument, not that I'm right about everything, I certainly didn't get 2016 right, but um, <laughs> not was power fair enough. <laughs> but was thinking you know no, he will be in the public eye. People who run for president, you see them every day, and it just becomes normal to people. Yeah. And I feel like it is as simple as that. I feel like that as women's basketball is primary in people's minds day after day after day, you'll cease to have, you'll even cease to have the common response on social media when... Bleacher Report or Sports Center uh, puts on a women's basketball highlight because if it is normal, if it is every day, then there will not be that pushback yeah. uh, against it as well. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I want to turn to Ben Dahl, who does so many things uh, over at High Post Hoops. Ben, you're, you're sort of our free safety this weekend. I'm curious, you know, in your wanderings, what have you seen and what have been sort of your key takeaways from the people you've talked to so far?
6: Um, well, talking about the season, one of the... St- one of the things I keep coming back to is um, it's interesting to hear like you, Rebecca Lobo, um, China Robinson, people that have been watching and, you know, can recall and can just speak on much more than I ever can historically with this league. They say it's the best it's ever been. And so the natural follow up is, well, why? Like what made that happen? Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've kind of started to um, just come to grips with is like it doesn't have to be that complicated. Liz Cambage, Angel McCatty, Dewana Bonner, and Asia Wilson weren't in the WNBA last year. Mm-hmm. Asia being a rookie, and then the other three weren't here as well. And there are other players too that have been infused into the talent pool, and it makes a big difference. And I got to talk to two of those four players, and you know they've they're very complimentary of, of each other, and they agree because it's not you know the sparks and the links can't just beat up on everybody. And those four players alone, those are impact players on four teams that are part of that middle class that has risen, and now it's just, I mean, one through nine, it's just one big blob, and anyone can elevate themselves out of it.
1: To, to that end, you you have made that argument. We were talking on, on Slack, and I thought it was really interesting, the idea that how hard it was for any team to get four, let alone five players this year, just because, look, if it's the best 22, how do you go about making sure uh, that everyone is represented? Do you think... This is a lead that to have expanded All Star Weekend beyond twenty two players. Uh sure.
6: I mean the fact that Tiffany Hayes isn't here. We've yeah. we've we've hit that one over and sure. over again. Yeah. No Natasha um,
1: Howard. Natasha, Natasha Howard's really, another you know, star one. Star level player as well. but yeah.
6: a case? You know, I I had Courtney VanderSloot in my twenty two, who I think should and have been here. So here. Yeah. So sure, it, it's you know it, it's tough. Like at some point you do have to you do have to you know draw that line, but of course there's players that should be here and I think everyone seems to
1: acknowledge it we just we don't totally know why I love things shook out how they did I love the Vander Sloot she was the she's a career active leader in assist percentage she was at 41.9 percent last year she is at 41.9 percent this year I mean it's just these absurd numbers she's putting up and she's doing it consistently over a couple of years interspersed while playing overseas at the same time it's just just a remarkable thing uh, before I, I turn to our, our last correspondent, you you had created something, a PhD program, uh, for people to follow the league. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think it's just a huge resource, and I'm so glad that we have it.
6: Yeah, I mean, it's it's something really simple that some people in the NBA community do. Um, they just, you make a bunch of Twitter lists, and uh, the most recent NBA version, there's, there are like a bunch more tiers to it. You know, there are individual lists for each team. You know be people covering the team you know national people and whatnot and I I really simplified that but I think I think it's important you know of course we want more coverage we want more you know there need to be more dollars invested there needs to be more you know the current TV partners could do a lot more and and slot in more programming but also like the people that are doing it you have to like if you care like read what they're doing like listen mm-hmm. to their podcasts, like let them know that you're there Um, because a lot of people that do it, I mean, a lot of people that are here, they paid their way out here. Um, you know, they don't, they don't live some cushy life to do this. So the people that do do it, you know, if it's
1: good, then remind them
6: Mm -hmm. and they'll, you know,
1: they'll probably continue to do it. And Ben writes at high post, but, but also you should, uh, plug who is it that does the Sparks coverage for the SB Nation Lakers blog? Silver Screen and Roll. Right. Silver Screen and Roll. Who does, who does that coverage as well? I do. You do that. You do that as well. Yes. That's interesting. No, I wasn't aware of that. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, really, everyone—it took every, me a while to catch on. Everyone here is working and doing so many different things at so many different times, and we—and you know—that is all part of the struggle. There's no question about it. But man, you guys are doing such amazing work everywhere you do it. So uh, I want—I I, want to turn to uh, our our youngest correspondent. And this is. Uh, Mirabelle Magdal, uh, Mirabel Magdal, is that? Yes, okay. And she um, wrote earlier this year for us about Kia uh, Nurse and we liked what she had done and so we were happy to uh, accept a little bit of nepotism as a potential charge <laughs> against us and brought her on back. Uh, Mirabel, tell me a little bit about um, the story that you're working on and how you came about uh, doing it.
7: Well, the story that I'm working on is really about like, um, I interviewed a lot of players, and I asked them two um, of the same questions, mm-hmm. and they were what is your shoe size, and um, who's your best friend on the team, um, and I got a lot of good answers, and I gave Elena Deledon, um a third question, um, it was, um, it was, how do you like being a basketball player at the same time as being a writer? And she said it feels really good.
1: And it's gonna be an interesting story because you're going to take into account everything that you're seeing and experiencing. This is your first all-star game this weekend, right? Yeah. I mean, what was it like? I guess was it exciting? We we went as a family to go see uh, Elaine and the Mystics play mm-hmm. last weekend, and now you turn around and a few days later, you know, you're there interviewing her. Was was there an excitement to being able to do that?
7: Yeah.
1: But it felt it felt like she was really close, right? She was accessible, and you were able to. Does it help you to be able to dream about the WNBA because you're able to see it? Do you think? Yeah,
7: and one of the jobs I want to do is um, to be. A uh, sports
1: journalist. A sports journalist. Oh, interesting. Like yeah. What I, you are. I, I don't know that I approve of that, but I guess if uh, <laughs> if you feel strongly about it, I'll certainly help you in any way I can. Let's do one more before before we uh, call it a day here. Just a little round robin. Um, I'm curious um, who we think the MVP of the lead is going to be right now. And so I'll go first and put myself on the spot. As of right now, uh, I would pick. Uh, Brianna Stewart. Uh, I think it's very close. I think the three in my mind are, uh, are Stewie, are Liz Cambage, who's made a real surge of late, uh, and Elena Deladon. And uh, they all are able to do virtually everything on the court. Their teams, I think, are all championship contenders. But uh, Stewie would be my pick as of right now. Erica, what do you think?
2: Oh, boy. I think I would say Cambage, and that's probably just um east coast well she's not really she's closer than seattle <laughs> uh and I, I tend to see more dallas games so i i've, I've seen cambage and action mm-hmm. a little bit more and I, I see what she does and what she is for the dallas team mm-hmm. um you know with that said i i know that, that stewie is is also that but from from my eye test and and just you know, what I've, I've consumed so far from this season, I'm, I'm going to go with Cam
1: Beige. Mike Pettin, what do you think? Uh,
3: well, uh, if you can see, well, you'll just yeah. have to trust uh, my voice here. <laughs> it's a little off camera. Wait, wait, we'll, uh, we'll start,
1: the, we're, we're Mike, getting on you on back. Camera. There we right, go. Right, right.
3: <laughs> I guess I'm going to throw a sleeper pick in there, and oh. you know, probably the front runner for Rookie of the Year, but Asia Wilson with mm-hmm. all the points and rebounds she has done. Now Las Vegas still on the outside looking in in the playoff race, but... The effect she's had on that team—you know—they moved locations. They were a little discombobulated. Mm-hmm. That's the right word. When they moved over from San Antonio, didn't have a whole lot of leadership. And Asia Wilson transforming that team. Mm-hmm.
1: Didn't maybe, have Mariah Jefferson early right. either. Either.
3: Yeah. And only rookie here in this All-Star field. And it, you can't discount the fact that she's in the top ten in points and rebounds in her first season. That's mm-hmm. a rarity for any rookie. Yeah. And so. That's my sleeper pick.
1: It's not so, bad, you, you right? there would be
3: an upset most likely with Stewie, mm. but listen, to, she is if, a, she is a she's definitely contender.
2: in the conversation. Yes. If, if the Sparks. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. The, if
1: the I mean, if the Sparks end up with a top two finish, how do you not put Candace Parker in, oh, in yeah, there as Parker well? Is
3: been fabulous. I mean,
1: uh, you know, again, top five in the lead in player and efficiency rating so as well.
3: if the Lynx are able to get that second
1: spot. <laughs> no question about it. Absolutely. Here, we'll, we'll circle around yes. here. Ben, what, who's your MVP as of right now? Brianna Stewart. Brianna Stewart, it's, yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of time left. Two through
6: nine, it's four-game difference in the last column. so It's amazing, so You would right? think somebody, I mean, two through nine, nine might just stay that close, and mm-hmm. then Seattle might pull ahead, and that would definitely help her case, but if a couple other teams end up being closer... To the top, I think it makes makes it a, like you said, some of the names you threw out. A I closer. mean, if,
1: if Atlanta ends up with a double bye, also Nikki Collin has to be coach of the year. Yeah. Although, for the same reason you're talking about with Asia Wilson, if Las Vegas manages to make the field, you know, Bill Embiid are certainly on that list as well. Ari, what about you? Well, are, I vote Nikki
0: for coach of the year Yes, yeah. Atlanta, I, I don't know what y'all got in that water that's <laughs> there right now, but keep it up. A lot of defense. Okay, yeah, ATL, sure. stand up. But Liz Cambage is my pick for MVP. Yeah. If she can keep the momentum going after All Star, then more power to you. I don't see you, you stopping anytime soon. And mm-hmm. you're a difference maker for your team, and you set records. Coming off of Nasty. you haven't been here on a three-point shot. You just shot. came, showed up on the scene, and was like,
1: after five I'm years, taking away. Over. I'm
0: yeah. taking over. I'm so taking over. So take over, sweetheart. Kind of boss. Get that MVP, and we're rooting for you.
1: I
3: want, her to see 50, I want her
1: to see 54 out of her now. I, I I will just say, by the way, nothing I saw from that game made me think that Liz couldn't do that again. There was nothing. It wasn't one of these things where, oh, she's making shots you can't expect her to make. They're all within her range. She is going to be that mismatch against everyone she plays. Like Liz scoring 53 again does not seem out of the realm of possibility to me at all.
4: I totally agree. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. And is she your MVP right now? <laughs> Always. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> ah. <laughs> Always. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good, I mean. yeah. The thing about it is with Stewie, like, of course, my props to her. I feel like, though, when you take her all out out of that team, they're still very good. At their mm-hmm. core. they're still very good. And I think with Dallas, the difference <laughs> is... I'll, I'll never let it go. Never let,
0: <laughs> go. Never let it go. <laughs>
4: and Charles was chipped. That's cool. The difference is, I think, with <laughs> <laughs> Dallas, the thing that they were missing, Like, even though their core is still good, too, they're no Seattle. I feel like there's not – you don't have that same – I feel like Skylar Diggins is having her best season Mm -hmm. uh, since she's been in the league. I feel like now that our core – we're second youngest team in the league. And then you add that cam beige factor to the team, it completely changes your team. Mm -hmm. And so, with that said – the Cambage Factor, man. Look, let me tell y'all something
1: Now, that's a that. show I'd watch. The yeah. O'Reilly Factor, I never watched. But the Cambage Factor, <laughs> I would watch. I agree with I definitely you. Definitely watch that. Like, I'm going to put you on the spot on MVP, and I'm going to circle you back with Coach of the Year Champion.
5: All right, I got everything. Yeah. Uh, Stewie's the MVP, best okay. player in the best team. Yeah. Um, Cambege has been unbelievable, but Dallas is in seventh place, and they mm-hmm. came in seventh place last year. You
1: so. think EDD can make a run at it? I mean, I see her uh, like numbers-wise, she's about third right now. If you you know, if you're looking at most of the sort of the conference, you know. Win shares per forty-eight. Whether it's player efficiency rating. You yeah, know.
5: I think I think they have to make a run up in the standings. I think they'd have to finish in second, maybe mm-hmm. third. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, if they do, if they come in fourth or anything, I don't think so. Right. Uh, and same story for Dallas. If Dallas ends up in second place, then yeah. I, I'm willing, absolutely, right. I would say Cam Beige. But I'm just, if season ends today, who mm-hmm. wins MVP? It's Stewie. Yeah. Just because of what they've done. Yeah. Uh, coach of the Year is Nikki. I'm gonna give you bonuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Rookie of the Year is Asia. You can give both of them the award today. Very nice. Um, and most improved is Natasha Howard, and you give her that award today Has too. To be- Oh, uh, Natasha
1: Howard, although Cheyenne Parker, I think, is a good team. Cheyenne Parker's been
5: good, but the team's not. So yeah. Uh, See, and I'm can not... we
2: just put? I, I always think it's interesting that the performance of a team can eliminate an individual yeah. player mm-hmm. from a top individual that's, award.
5: That's mm-hmm. that's a fair pushback uh, for mm-hmm. sure. I just I I just wonder. It, it, for me personally for me I'm just like if if you're that outstanding or, and your performance has improved that much shouldn't we see it somewhere amongst the team even if it's just a, a minor tick but you, your point is is actually well taken uh, who wins my gosh I mean I, I I'm gonna cop out because if you tell me, if you tell me le- legitimately you can tell me Seattle Atlanta Dallas Washington I mean you can tell me anyone's gonna win and it and would up uh, Minnesota and LA hello I didn't even mention those two so you could really convince me on any of them. Um you know what? I'm going to go Phoenix. Ooh. Ooh.
1: Phoenix. I like it.
5: I would pick Washington, yeah. but you know oh. I don't want to Understood. Bias. Yes. Bias. Yes. Bias. Right. Right.
1: So, that that be the clear. <laughs> <laughs> Jasmine, who's your champion?
4: As of today, I would definitely have to go with Seattle and mm-hmm. the reason why I say Seattle, even though I'd love would love to see Dallas in the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like everybody's healthy. Like I feel like with, for example, with Los Angeles, I feel like you have to have an Elena, I have to have Ab Elena Beard playing mm-hmm. in order to get, win a title. And she's a game changer. And she's been like that since she was at Duke. Um, I would interrupt to just uh, break Sorry. a bit of
1: news. Uh, it's my understanding from a source familiar that uh, that Beard will be back and playing next Thursday. So, so that's let's... that's a huge. Yeah, in time for the game yeah, against the Minnesota Lynch. Dead. Just be ready for that. Okay. Yep.
4: Well, yeah, I know, right? In yep. time for links? Yep. Um,
1: yeah. Here, go go ahead. But yeah, yeah, uh
4: as far as Coach of the Year of course, um, ATL, mm-hmm. rookie of the year, Asia Wilson, man, like I'm I'm excited and it's so interesting, just want to throw this out there real quick. It's so interesting that we're having a we're having such a difficult time figuring all these answers out mm-hmm. because the league is just that good. And I yes. was having a conversation with Erica the other day and she was just like, This is just the probably the best season that we've ever seen. The talent is just Exponentially better than what we've ever seen before, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm excited for the next crop after Asia's generation. Like this next crop is going to be, whew, I'm Very sorry true. if I took your yeah. thunder, girl, but no. yeah, no, she, yeah, I'm excited about that. But yeah, I'm. I think I answered all your questions.
1: Yes, I think so. <laughs> I think right. so. Excellent, Ari. What about you? You, I'm a cop, so you like, got like, you I got coach of the year but but I, I wouldn't be surprised. well we are You got is there a content, like, can, I mean, can, can I say one one thing I about the rookie it. crop it. It's a great rookie crop there are so many rookies yes, that mm-hmm. any non Asia Wilson year well Stewie and you know the year with with Briner and EDD. it's Moore, twenty eleven. Yeah, very no, true. It's not always like wide guys. open, but this is. I mean, it it's goes. Six, yeah, yes. very true. But I mean, but this this crop is so, like Diamond the Shields is having.
3: Oh,
0: she's,
1: she's She was on. she like was on my All Star ballot. She is a legit two way player. Too. She is scoring. She is defending like crazy. I am. I am watch. so amazed She's with her game. She is watch. a star awesome. in every conceivable way. And there are a lot of rookies out there like that. But you know right. what? It's a, yeah. I, oh, Lord, Erica.
0: But I, I agree with you, and yeah. I think their class is the strongest class that we've seen in a while. I mean, mm-hmm. especially compared to the No Shade to Lashes class. Like, right. they are just, I mean, hit the ground no, running. However, yeah. it is, uh, hands down, the rookie of the year is going to be Aza Wilson, and I stand yes. by that.
1: Um, yeah, and I'm not arguing no, 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 that I, no, point, no, you're just not. to be I'm clear. yeah.
0: And I'm not saying the rest of the class isn't wonderfully talented, because they are. Um, I mean,
1: Monique Billings is what, yeah. ninth in the Rookie of the Year balloting, right. and most years she's second? I right, mean, and
0: then, uh, you know, Errol already. Atkins has been doing That's great, what I was my, say, been like, my good God, however, my answer, I said, yeah. my, my answer still stands, and then, um, yeah, I'm copping out with Blake, one through nine, good luck at the, um, at the playoffs, well, one through eight, good luck <laughs> in the playoffs, like, yeah. but one through nine, I wouldn't be surprised if they made it, is what I meant. Agreed. But, yeah. Um, Yeah, there are nine. I was rooting for you. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I was rooting for you. There are nine Uh, playoff teams, and I think nine nine championship contenders. Eight of the nine.
1: Agreed. Which is which is a crazy thing. And Ben, you have a champion right now. Champion, I'll go L.A. Still. Okay.
0: I voted that on my last podcast. Mm -hmm.
1: Champion is L.A. They
6: they have. I think Candace Parker is the best player in the world. I agree. Mm -hmm. I think Neca and Chelsea are top fifteen players. Uh, Chelsea Gray is one of the toughest one-on-one covers in the league. Mm-hmm. So because the defense is still there, at the end of a game when it gets ugly, they're going to be able to score. Essence Carson is a much is much playing much better than she was last year. Mm-hmm. That's huge for them. But well, she's healthy. I mean that that's everything. Right. That elbow is bothering her. Um, I think that's huge for them defensively, and she's making shots. Yeah. Um, Elena Beard has sustained the same level somehow, um, and Maria Vadiva. May give them something we'll still see on that.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, that could always make things interesting in the playoffs. How you on coach of the year?
1: Yeah. So who's your coach of the year? How about Dan Hughes? I mean, Dan. He took be over up there.
6: the ninth-ranked defense. They're currently third. Uh, an offense that was good has made it even better. They're the best offense mm-hmm. in the league, and more or less, you know, they added Natasha Howard and some bench pieces, and so mm-hmm. that's. Dan had made big, that happen.
1: He had a big voice in that, too. It's hard to sort of separate that from executive of the year, but mm. he certainly played a part in those decisions as well. Yeah, listen, mm. the, you can't go wrong with Dan either. I agree with you. Um, sure. Erica, you, you have for your champion?
2: Oh, dear. Um, I do not think we will see Los Angeles or Minnesota in the final. Wow. I'm, I'm putting it out there. Hmm. I don't think that we'll see that.
0: <laughs>
2: um I just hot take hot super scolding hot take. That's true. Um no, I mean I think that both teams have shown improvements through rough patches this year, but mm-hmm. I don't think that will be enough to sustain a run. Um with that said, I'm having a really tough time picking between I think a dark horse would be Dallas. I think it's likely to see Seattle in the final. Mm-hmm. And then if I had to do a, a pick a third team, I, I honestly don't, I don't know. Those are the teams that I'm, I'm feeling. So I'm just gonna mm. go with that. Interesting. I've, I've liked how Dallas has been playing for the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. And to see it kind of come together I think would be very exciting. However, I think Seattle was able to pull together more in a, in the same amount of time mm-hmm. that they're they're probably in a better spot to get a chance. Well, and
1: what about Coach Fred for Coach of the Year? A guy who who managed to yeah. incorporate Liz has in no way changed the way he plays. They yeah. play at an at at an elite level in terms of pace, and um, and, and there's been no uh, change whatsoever in what Skylar Diggins has been doing as a player. Uh, I, I mean that, that's impressive to me as well
2: yeah, I think it's important you know when you have a coach that's willing to to stay the course mm-hmm. and to evolve with the team but also maintain a culture mm-hmm. and I think that's what you're seeing from Dallas and it's paying dividends this year so however I, I, I do I think I like that Dan Hughes pick
0: a little bit
1: better yeah I like it too yeah. uh, but but yeah I think Nikki for me right now like yeah. what I know we're sitting here in Target Center Yes, <laughs> we are, you Besides, know, there, there's the where three uh,
3: titles were won last year, of course, at Williams Arena. Very true. Not too far history. from here. No, Wayland's uh, old stomping grounds.
1: Who's your champion?
3: Oh, a champion. We talked about this a bit in the podcast last night, and this I might get run out of the state, but I find it a tough sell to see Minnesota back in the finals. I just don't know if they have the consistency. Well, they have that great starting five, but. Mm-hmm they had to make over their entire bench, and we're seeing the impacts of that disruption in chemistry when mm-hmm. you have to work in folks like Daniel Robinson, who's had some good moments and Cecilia's and Dallasini could be a centerpiece for the future yeah. from the perimeter, but not quite the same synchronization as Renee Montgomery, Gia Perkins, Belenna Pearson a year ago. Seattle's my front runner, mm-hmm. and I know Ben mentioned LA, and I have to put them in the mix too. I could see a finals between those two, because we have to remember NECA's fighting an illness, Mm -hmm. Elena Beer will return. That is a very potent starting five, as we've seen those last two years. Uh, I'm giving the slight edge to Seattle. As you mentioned, the improvements in defense, a great mix of youth and experience. Sue Bird leading the pack. Jewel Lloyd being the player she is. Brianna Stewart, Natasha Howard. Coach of the year. I think I'm also putting in a vote for Dan Hughes because mm-hmm. this was a Seattle team that barely made the playoffs last year with you know, roughly the same core mm-hmm. outside of Natasha Howard. And you know Natasha's back to her 2016 form, if not better. Mm-hmm. Sue Bird is playing like this was her first year right. in some respects. And Dan Hughes, he's a very intelligent, very astute coach, and we've seen that over the years. I mean, he took a San Antonio team that maybe didn't have a – the best talent but found a way to make them competitive for so many years mm-hmm. and we see that you know he's in a new home in seattle but he still hasn't lost that touch so coach of the year dan hughes rookie of the year i think i mentioned that already with asia and mm-hmm. champion slight edge to seattle
0: mm-hmm.
3: but uh, say if my home team minnesota mm-hmm. goes on a nine game winning streak to end the season yeah <laughs> they might change my mind fair you enough wrong
1: once agreed <laughs> Mirabel, should I put you on the spot or you want you want to pass on this question? No. No, we're gonna pass on this question. What? The most valuable player, do you think it's uh, Brianna Stewart? Um it's Liz Cambage, what do you Elena think? Elena Deladon. Elena Deladon. Uh, Interesting uh, choice.
7: Um, best and, shooter yeah, in
1: the world. Yes, she certainly is. And who do you think should win it all this year? Do you think it'll be the Lynx? Do you think it'll be the Seattle Storm? Um, the Washington Mystics? Do you think you go full on Mystics and you pick Elena Deladon and the Mystics do the to win? Liberty? You can. It's a nice I was just thinking. It's that a nice I'm idea in the abstract. Lie. Yeah, I was we like, haven't I talked about liberty Liberty my vote. Liberty uh, like, Nurse, no, right but you. I, Yeah, I, let's literally was So we we'll, we'll, we're hoping. We're hoping, but yeah, that I, I
2: we all know this one. This row knows won't. this. Wait till next year. We won't, yeah. That's <laughs> right. next
1: <laughs> year. As Liberty fans and, and, and Mets, Mets fans, fans. Exactly right. <laughs> I I'll just end with by talking about briefly I'm going to pick Minnesota to win it all. Ooh. I think uh, Seattle uh, is going to end up with the regular season number one. And I think that uh, they are going to be the other team in the finals. And the reason I'm going to pick Minnesota is, I think if you give Cheryl Reeve and Maya Moore and Lindsey Whalen and Sylvie Fowles and Simone Augustus and Rebecca Brunson one month, you give them one month an opportunity to uh, figure it out, win a few games, an express season, Maybe they have gotten to the point, and the league has gotten to the point, where they can't dominate from start to finish anymore, but let me see them for one month with an opportunity to win a handful of games, and that title's right in front of them. I I covered the 2015 All-Star Game, and I watched Maya Moore down the stretch perk up with about five minutes left, and just basically decide, you know what? This game, this exhibition game is right in front of me. I'm gonna go take it, yeah. And she's won back-to-back All-Star Game MVPs because she just has that focus. You give her an opportunity to win that extra title. So that's that's my pick. And maybe it's because I'm sitting here in the Target Center. But Minnesota uh, beating Seattle um, this year. And, uh, awesome it's just, but, my God, I, I if any of the nine that we talked about win the WNBA title, I won't be shocked. And that's an amazing thing. That's 75% of the lead. So... Uh, well, listen, I want to thank all of you here for being part of what we are growing at Hypo HypoSoups, what you're doing individually as well. I want each of you to, in turn, say how to follow you on Twitter. Because, listen to me, everyone who's watching this, make sure you hear these voices. These are voices that matter. So, one by one, let's go through. Twitter handle is?
2: Oh, e lindsay 8 E-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-08.
3: I'm at the Mike Peden, so the and then my name, spelling P-E-D-E-N. The Mike Peden, except no substitutes.
6: (laughs) At Split the Post.
0: At Ari Ivory, A-R-I-I-V-O-R-Y,
4: on every social platform. (laughs) Jasmine Baker, you want to follow me on all social media, we got game two
5: at Blake Dudonis. If you don't know how to spell it, I don't want you to
1: follow me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. no, it's uh, Becky. Excellent. What yeah. but well, do you have? Do you have you anything? Know, and no? you. No? We're Soon. We're
7: Soon.
1: And Mirabelle on a social media platform to be named later. Okay. All right. What about Derek? Should yeah. we give him a little? Yeah, Derek. How, it, it, isn't it Derek James NBA? It's at Derek James D-E-R-E-K, James, NBA. Uh, And I'm at Howard Meddahl, uh, last name M-E-G-D-A-L. I want to thank everyone who's been watching and who's been listening. Uh, We're going to have an amazing, amazing game tomorrow, I think, and a wonderful rest of the season. Uh, Until then, I'm Howard Meddahl, wishing you all a wonderful day.